Yo, yo, yo. It's probably loud. Um, welcome to the Pure Joy Project. Uh, my name is Paul Lanigan. I'm the host of this thing. The Lord is kind. Um, after a summer away where I thought I would podcast, where I thought I would record with people, where I thought I would be with others um, with a, in a situation where we could sit at a mic, it just really never happened. And the Spirit was never tugging at me to capture these messages in that way um but i'm back (laughs) but we're back um so thank you for clicking on this tapping on this whatever you're doing to have this podcast in your ears um whatever relationship you have to me if you're listening to it um to rejoice in it be encouraged whether you're listening to it to like judge it um and critique me i'm just glad you're here so thank you um i'm gonna pray Um, Jesus, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Jesus, thank you for all the gifts that you poured out over and over and over and over again for me. God, that you continue to allow me to come back, um, to draw near to the throne of grace and full assurance of faith. Um, Lord, regardless of um, what I've done or where my heart's at or who I am that day, um, Lord, that you allow me to be honest with you, to be open and vulnerable with you. Um, Lord Jesus, I pray that you bring your message today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you remove distractions. You help us to focus on these words as I share them. Um, And as somebody listens, um, God, I pray that your scripture wins out, your truth wins out. You say in 1 Corinthians 13 that love rejoices when truth wins out, does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Um, God, I pray that your truth went out in every heart that listens to this and in my own that um, we just rejoice in truth, that we don't hide it. Um, Lord, that that we confess um, to others who we've wronged, um, that we um, walk in humility and reverence, um, that we just desire in all things to be romanced by you, God. So I pray that you show your great love for us um, in this in this message today. Whatever it is that leaves my mouth, let it be honorable, and if it's not honorable and not holy, let it fall on deaf ears and it never be remembered or captured. Um, Jesus, I just ask you to do something special. We love you. Help us to know you better and love you more. Help us to bear your fruit and your gifts uh, to go forth into a grand ministry and a fulfilling life we can never taste without it. Um, God, I pray that you break us down so you build us up in your name. Um, Lord, that we sit on a foundation that is you and we put your love as the cornerstone um, of the house that you're building in us. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Um, yeah, wow. Um, hey, guys. Uh, most of you um, have clicked on this probably because you have some kind of relationship with me or you follow the podcast from somewhere. Uh, just a reminder, my name is Paul Lanigan. Um, I am a 23-year-old who goes to Baylor University and getting a master's degree. I coach and teach there while getting a master's degree. Teach is a real exaggeration. Um, I basically teach college PE, but... Um, and I'm from Missouri and I just finished my fifth summer at Kennecut camps before I spent a week in St. Louis and headed back to Waco. And now I'm here for one last year of college and, uh, my heart on the sixth and final year of college, most likely, I have no idea what his plans are, um, is to just spend and be spent Romans to our second Corinthians 12, 15. Uh, most gladly spend and be spent for the sake of souls. If I love more, am I ever to be loved less? Um, 
yeah, I just want to make it to every break, every weekend, every night of sleep, absolutely exhausted because I've laid it down um, for the people around me and the opportunities before me. Um, so I am a um, a flawed man who loves Jesus and loves people and loves things. Um, and for whatever reason, the Lord has been so kind to allow me a lot of really dear, deep friendships, uh, people who feel like family. I don't come from the prettiest family story. And so I have a lot of friends who really feel like blood to me, um, who I know would never leave me nor forsake me, who would never, um, who would assume my best intention no matter what I'd done, um, that uh, would equip me to walk in freedom and joy, knowing exactly who I am no matter the situation. Um, And he's allowed me to play that role in a lot of people's lives, and it's the coolest thing that I do. The Lord is so kind in how he's opened up so many friendships that are truly meaningful and honest um, and vulnerable and consistent, excuse me, um, and loving and joyous. And, um, yeah, I've gotten the opportunity to just pray really vulnerably with some people. I mean, just requesting or like presenting very honest thoughts to the Lord. Um, every frustration and every, um, and every joy. And, I've come to see the value in it, what what kind of looks like a, a lamentation. Um, in that being just like telling him exactly how we feel. And so really the Lord put it on my heart late this morning. It's like 2.43 on August 29th. Um, I say it's like 2.43. It is 2.43 on August 29th. And... Um, I was on my way driving back home, had a couple hour break, um, and he put this message on my heart to be shared. And I've kind of been looking at this microphone in my room and my setup for a couple days. Like, what do you want from me? Like, I can feel like that something's on the way, uh, many things on the way involving the Pure Joy Project, but um, this one became clear this afternoon, and so... Um, scribbled together some notes and some verses and I hope this message finds you somewhere. So um, Holy Spirit, show up. You're already here. Do exactly what you want in this message. I, I pray, Jesus, that um, that these words find everybody that listens exactly where they're at, exactly what you need, what you want to glorify you most. You don't need anything from me. Um, Jesus, uh, but you're good and you're kind and you're loving. I ask that these words, uh, that first you share them through me, um, that I not be sharing things in my own flesh on my own accord. Um, and then those words that are shared meet everybody who listens exactly where they're at um, to bring you most glory, whatever that means, whatever role this takes today. Um, God, we submit it to you. I love you. I thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Um, so the idea of honest and vulnerable prayer, because I think that's what this is going to be titled, um, is exactly what it sounds like. And I think it follows like our direct command involving prayer. Um, you've probably heard pray without ceasing. That comes from First Thessalonians 5, 16 uh, through 18. I believe the, um, the ESV is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, be thankful or be, practice thankfulness in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, we are to 
Um, rejoice always. So to always find something to to hold on to, to rejoice in. Um, and I think Romans 12, 12, perfectly with that, written by the same guy, um, the same Holy Spirit and the same man. Um, Romans 12, 12, um, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So rejoicing in hope. So if nothing else, right, we rejoice always because we always have the hope of Jesus in eternity. So swallowing that right now, that if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, if you have acknowledged that while we were still sinners, Romans 5, 8, Christ laid down his life for us so that we could lay down our, nope, not that. Christ laid down his life for us um, so that we could live eternal life, so we could experience eternal life. Um, and we know that though our wages are death, the free gift of God is eternal glory in Christ Jesus. And so in Jesus, through that confession and that prayer, there is therefore no condemnation for us, Romans 8, 1. Um, we can walk in newness of life. Um, that would be Romans 6. Yeah, we were buried with Christ by baptism unto death so that just as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life, right? And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So that brings us, if you've received that gospel, um, the will of God for you in Christ Jesus is to rejoice always, um, to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in all circumstances. And what we rejoice in always is a hope that things are always facing upwards, um, that things are always trending in the black if you're into the stock market or into business pro- like um, profits. You, like we are always trending in the correct direction. No matter what we do, we are always headed in the, in the correct direction. We may, in our ignorance, in our foolishness, in our selfishness, in our pride, in our impatience, sin against God, um, therefore hurting people, hurting ourselves, we are always trending in the right direction because we can rejoice in hope. We know we have hope in Jesus, in eternal life, where we get to praise him forever without any withholdings, where there is no negativity and no sin. So there's our assurance. Um, along with Philippians 4, 6 and 7, um, I urge you, brethren, be anxious about nothing, but instead by prayer and supplication your requests be made known to the Father. Um, and let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I believe that's Philippians 4, 6 and 7. So why should we pray without ceasing? Why, what is this honest and vulnerable prayer? And so the, the imagery that comes to my head um, is I want you to think about your dearest friendship, your dearest friendship in your life. The person who you feel um, most at home with, the person that uh, you feel like you could never get tired of no matter how much time you spend with them, um, the person who the more you get to know them, the more you like them. I hope I hope we all have a friend like this. Um, and if we don't, I have faith that the Lord um, will likely provide it in time when you're ready for it and wouldn't um, face a relationship with like some kind of selfishness. Um, I think that we all have relationships that are growing in that direction. If we submit, if we listen, we love them as Christ would, um, as Christ desires to do through us. But that friend um, that leaves you with the most full of peace um, the one who, when you're with, your days are better and your gifts shine brighter and you just feel like equipped and loved and cared for and chosen by them. 
Um, that That is our Jesus. And I think we so quickly, like in our prayer life, will we'll try to present it like whitewashed. We'll try to present it purified um, or what we see as purified. And so we'll try to make sure that our prayer life is just like holy things being presented to a holy God. And if you think about the friendships that are the most intimate, the people you desire to spend the most time with, the people who you rest alongside, the people who are dearest to you, um, whoever that may be, it could be a parent, some sort of sibling, friend, I don't know. Um, you're really honest with them because you feel free. You feel like open. Like you feel like you don't have to hide anything. It's like you have, you are honest with them and they know you and you know that they have given you grace in your honesty. So you can just be genuine and you don't take it for granted. You never like, you never go into something feeling good about confessing to them because we can never like have assurance or assume that somebody's going to show us grace here on earth. But we know as we present things to Jesus, we get to walk in this like beautiful freeing confession because what he wants is honest, is honest and open confession and prayer. I think like the thief on the cross or the parable, um, I think it's Luke 14 of the publican, the tax collector and the Pharisee. And the tax collector is just brokenhearted and wretched. And he's like, like Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. For I have departed from you in my life. Have mercy on me. And the tax and, and the Pharisee is more caught up in like, thank goodness I'm not like him. Like I don't walk in his sins, right? I tithe, I do all these things. And Jesus talks about which household is grace going to go to. And it's a household that, that humbly understands their sin and confesses it to Jesus and asks him into their heart. And this doesn't just have to happen once. Like you don't just have to acknowledge your sin one time, acknowledge your fleshly existence, your humanity one time to walk in fullness of life with Jesus. Yes, you may receive the Holy Spirit in that one time, but if you want to walk in like true, wonderful, freeing union with Jesus, then this is like a constant process, almost a confession of your of your sins, of your thoughts, of your longings and your lusts. You're just telling him honestly so that he can purify those things because what did he do the first time you confessed those things to him and asked him into your heart? He came in fullness, bringing newness of life, right? Hanging your flesh on the cross. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me because we've been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20 so this honest confession, and I, I think about Hebrews 10, um, 19, I think it's 19 through like 23. Um, yeah. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up into love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that was through 25, 19 through 25, but through 23, 
Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. So verses 19, 20, and even 21, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, right? The high priest in the in the temple, in the first covenant temple, like had to be a purified man, right? Wearing pure robes, carrying pure offering to go into the holy place, the holy of holies, to draw near to the Lord. But Jesus, by his second covenant, by his grace, if we have received that, has opened to us that curtain through his flesh. And he is the great priest over the house of God. So because of him, we can draw near to the Father, to Jesus, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from this evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So we can draw near, regardless of our confession, in full assurance of faith, for we have been sprinkled clean. For that Holy Spirit is our seal of approval. I believe that's the end of Ephesians 1. And we are, the end of Ephesians 2, becoming a dwelling place for the Lord in the Spirit. Therefore, he wants us to be honest with him. He wants to excavate. He wants to take things and replace them with holy things. And he wants to become a dwelling place for us, in us, for his good, for his, for his glory, and for our most abundant life. As Jesus came to give that, John 10.10, 10, we have to vulnerably allow Jesus Christ full ownership of our hearts by confessing the things that we hide from him. Because if we don't walk in this honest, vulnerable confession all the time, will we ever walk in full, free union with Jesus? He knows anyway. Like talking to him about it will not surprise him because we, Hebrews 4, have a high priest who is able to sympathize so we have a high priest who experienced all the temptation that we experienced, yet without sin, who understands our inadequacy and bridged the gap, tore the curtain on our behalf. And all we have to do is walk in honest union with him. Why are we commanded three times in the New Testament and many times over and over to pray, but three times to pray without ceasing, to pray constantly? And then in praying constantly, we're told all these details about prayer. But in praying constantly, we can do so all the time, walking in union and full assurance of faith. And do we know if he hears us, 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 13, before that, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, who believe in Jesus Christ, who believe that he took the cross. This is me going off the record. This is me, this is... Jesus taking the cross on our behalf for our sin, for our inadequacy, for our punishment, to tear the veil, to bridge the gap between us and God. And we have confessed that he's Lord. We believe that he is the Christ, that he was raised from the dead. We believe that we are sinners in need of salvation and that he will do that by his Holy Spirit. The washing, regeneration, and renewing qualities of the Holy Spirit, Titus 3, that you may know that you have eternal life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Hear me, that you may know you have eternal life. This is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have requests that we have asked of him. So that word for will of God is the lemma of what God wishes to be done by us. So if we honestly confess 
to all of these things and we ask for the will of God in our lives, right? We pray things that, that the Holy Spirit has led us into praying as it intercedes on our behalf, Romans 9, I think, to pray for us, Romans 12 maybe, probably both, I don't know, um, not perfect, but that God himself is inside of us praying for his will to be done by the Holy Spirit. And we just have to, we just have to allow him to, we have to listen. We have to submit and confess and listen. And we have to be more focused on walking in union with Jesus Christ who salvaged our souls from Sheol. We have to be more focused on loving Jesus Christ and out of the overflow of loving Jesus Christ and loving and knowing his Holy Spirit that speaks to us and guides us and leads us and counsels us. We walk in union with the Father in fullness of life. So I, I think about um, what and kind of started to really inspire this was it was like, when I, when I went through some, some nasty hurt and loss um, in the winter, right? Everything that happened with my heart and then losing my dad, um, I, just would, I would just be with the Lord and I would just be like, what in the world are you doing? Like, I want what you're doing, but what are you doing? Like, what is happening? And I'm just sitting with, I'm sitting with the Lord in all these questions. Like, why at the peak of my father and I's relationship have you taken him? Like, why, you know, when this thing seemed holy, was it taken from me? Like, why are all of these things being put in question? You know, why is this person or this person or this person, like, not choosing me as they used to choose me or whatever? There were so many questions that I had to ask the Lord, and they were honest, and they, and they probably didn't seem or sound holy. And I just asked him, and he so patiently sat with me and answered all those questions in the months to come and is still answering them today. And, and I felt this closeness with the Lord where I was just being honest with him and I would just rant and be real and vulnerable and then I would lean back into his arms and he would love me and he would romance me and he would care so deeply for my concern because he is a high priest who is able to sympathize because he faced everything that I have faced yet without sin and I do it in sin every day. And so this Jesus whose arms I lay in, who kisses me on the head, I get to walk in union with if I just tell him the truth over and over and over again. And so I, I have made many, many mistakes. I am flawed. I have hurt many people. I have hurt myself. I have made selfish decision after selfish decision. And I have never made one of those decisions when talking to the Lord honestly about it. In the midst of talking to the Lord honestly about what to do in that decision and how to walk it or what to do in that relationship, or what to do in, in that pursuit, or that application, or whatever. I have never made a poor, grieving decision while talking to the Lord about it. In honesty, it is decisions that I took into my own flesh, into my own comfort, into my own gain, and the way I interpreted it, when I have made decisions that have, that have left me hurt, that have left somebody else hurt, and then we have to turn around in humility and pick up the pieces. And yes, the Lord uses that and will redeem that, but I wish he never had to because I wished I just walked in constant prayer and union with God, listening to his will. Because what he wants me to do, like surely if he, if he desires glory and he wants to give me fulfillment because he loves me and he created me, and I ask him to glorify himself, to pull me into the decision, into the conduct around the people that bring him most glory, he will. Because he wants that glory. I can't tell him what the story is going to look like, but I can tell you it's going to be wonderful. 
And so I urge us, I had a dear friend reach out to me and he's a very faithful man and his girlfriend is a very faithful woman. And I could tell something was bothering him and I love him so much. And I was just like, is there something bothering you? After half an hour of FaceTime conversation, I'm like, there has to be something on your heart. Like I can feel it. And he's like, well, um, me and said girlfriend um, are struggling with some boundaries. And I was like, tell me more. So he goes into detail and he's like, I don't want to lose her trust. Like it's something that we both want is this purity and we're struggling to walk this line. And I was just like, have you told the Lord you think she's hot? Like you wouldn't be dating her if you didn't think she was hot. Have you talked to God about how you find her attractive? Have you, have you talked to our gracious father about how like something in you is like hoping you guys get married so that you can have sex with her? Like that's an honest, that's a weird thought, right? That's weird in the Western church and the way that we see prayer a lot of times is it's like, it's kind of this like repetitive sanctified thing. And there's these buzzwords when you pray that make people go, mm, and then you want to repeat them and it sounds good. But it's like, what, what would you do? Your best friend, Jesus, who Psalm 139, like knitted you together in the womb. Like all things were created by him, for him, held together through him, Colossians 1. And he made you and he wants you to walk in union with him. To abide in him as he abides in the Father. Keeping of commandments. There's fullness of joy. Like he wants these things with you. That's John 15. Like I, I think freedom comes, shackles fall when you're honest with the Lord. When you're honest about a divorce in your childhood that hurt you or a relationship that was fractured that still eats that still eats away at you or you're confused why you can't listen to Polo G. People in the church tell you you can't listen to Polo G. Like be honest with the Lord about it. Or you're confused while you're injured and you're held back from your sport or you're confused why you're not getting any hits when your application is good or you're confused. Whatever, just tell him. Just tell him. Just tell him that you love him but you're frustrated with this, 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 and this. What would you do with your best friend? If you're frustrated with your best friend, you wouldn't just harbor bitterness and stop hanging out with them. You would tell them, hey, you did this and it grieved me. And that's our flesh, right? That's our humanity, but God created us in humanity. Like we get to experience humanity and full, like spiritual, like the full spiritual realm and in humanity. And so he wants to utilize both for his glory And so if in humanity, we would tell our best friend, like, hey, this hurt me, I want to tell you. And then they would likely, if they have any care for us, seek to do it differently or change something or reconcile something or whatever. If that's the way that we would treat a best friend and Christ literally knitted us together and wants to walk in a a friendship, in a fatherhood, in a love alongside us that, that we could never even fathom, shall we not be honest with him and receive an honest and vulnerable open union with the creator to walk in something more blessed than we could imagine and it just has to be this constant open line of communication the moment your eyes wander you tell him the moment your intentions slip you tell him the moment you experience doubt you tell him the moments the moment you make a selfish decision you tell him because he knows And when you confess it, it no longer has hold over your flesh. Therefore, you can be healed and renewed in the Holy Spirit in that confession. 
praying faithfully in union with God, that you can walk in holiness with him. It will not be perfect. I, I think many of us have lived a day where we've just like prayerfully walked the whole day. Like every little thing we've done has been like blanketed in prayer in some way. It's like every class we went to, if we went to practice, when we woke up in the morning, if we read, if we didn't, like we're praying for people that we're seeing, like we're just kind of like walking with the Lord all day and you get to the end of the day and you're like, that was incredible. And then you forget to do it tomorrow. And so we need this like reminder every day, all the time to walk in prayerful union with Jesus Christ in an open, vulnerable honesty And I think I want, I read a book called My Heart, Christ's Home. It's like 25 small pages. And he talks about like allowing the Lord into his living room. And like his living room is the most comfortable place in his heart, aka house. And it's like well lit and there's a fire and there's books lining the walls and there's comfortable seating. And Jesus is like, I'm going to meet you here every day and we're going to read together. And we're going to talk. We're going to enjoy one another. His living room where he does his life his relationships, his communications, his passions, his pursuits. And eventually he walks past this metaphorical living room and he still sees Jesus sitting there. And he's like, Jesus, are you always here? And he's like, I told you I'd meet you here every day, all the time. That's where we're at. That Jesus who came to bring the spirit, who came to live a perfect life, to die a perfect death on our behalf, wants to sit with us, walk with us, hold us, lead us all day. And we just have to let him in to do so. All day. I challenge you and I challenge myself to imagine as I'm reading my Bible, to imagine Jesus reading it to me. That Jesus Christ sitting with me, holding me, reading my Bible to me. And if you're walking campus, or through a grocery store or whatever, driving home, imagine him and you're passing your seat or holding the cart right next to you and just be prayerfully talking to him about everything. Why not? Why not? What would happen? What if we just walked in prayerful union with Jesus all the time? And he's, gonna, he's, he's likely gonna tell you radical things that make you uncomfortable. And you're gonna be urged to do them and I just urge you to say yes. As I often don't, and I ought to do more. I just urge you to say yes. And so an honest, vulnerable prayer. I might add powerful to the end of that. Honest, vulnerable, powerful prayer. Because this prayer, as we read, you know, is the things that God wants to be done by us. Like that's powerful stuff that the God of the universe has chosen you to do something and you get to prayerfully accept that something and then walk in union with him in doing it. What? That is unbelievable. I hope we never become calloused. I hope we never become entitled to that kind of relationship, that kind of grace. Um, I I guess that's all I have. Uh, I hope this met you somewhere. And it's a message that I needed, that the Lord has been placing on my heart to just walk vulnerably with him in my mistakes, to walk vulnerably with him in my shortcomings and my frustrations, but also to walk with him in my in my triumphs and my thank yous and the things of rejoicing. To just talk to him. He tells us, he commands us through Paul in Romans 12 um, to rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. I think it's Romans 12, 15. And that sounds right. 
I hope it is. Look it up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and does he not surely do so? To rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, Jesus, I ask that you walk with us all day as you already are, but we acknowledge your presence this time. God, that you lead us into an unavoidable, prayerful walking with you all day, every day. God, that we remember your presence, that we acknowledge your presence, that we invite you into every space we're in. Because as you say in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, so I pray that you lead us into this divine freedom, this beautiful and wonderful freedom in walking in honest, vulnerable, powerful union with you. God, I've heard it said that the posture, the power of our lives is defined by the posture of our heart. So let the posture of our heart be hum- humility, be reverence, be vulnerability, honesty, and joy. God, that our lives hold power, that we deeply impact people in your name for your glory. God, I pray for us to be, remem- for us to be forgotten and you to be remembered. Jesus, I pray that you just rescue us from the expectations of somebody that's not you. Lord, I pray that you break us down and you build us up as you desire us to be. God, that you step in in every way that one steps in into something beautiful. Um, Lord, be our all in all. Be our one. Show us that you love us. Um, Lord, in some way, show us that you're real, that you're faithful, and that you love us, that we could come to walk in union more with you. God, I pray that you give us wisdom and discernment, knowledge and faithfulness, exhortation and teaching and healing and joy and generosity. Um, God, that we be a safe place for people. Um, Lord, that you grow your fruit in us and that special things happen in your name for your glory and that we don't live by the interpretation of those around us of what we do, but we live in free, beautiful union with you, following your convictions and walking in a life, living a life above reproach that no matter what happens, we know that we've done as you will and you were there the whole time. Um, so Jesus, we love you. Um, thank you for all you do and all you are. Um, we ask this all in your wonderful, mighty, glorious name that is salvation. Amen.